The Moscow Classical Ballet has canceled its Wednesday opening show in Taipei after four of its members were diagnosed with COVID-19. The four patients are now in the hospital under isolation. The Central Epidemic Command Center says the four individuals did not develop any symptoms during their mandatory 14-day quarantine, adding that the tests were administered at the request of the show's organizers. The other 48 members of the ballet troupe are being retested, but officials stressed that the four infected people had not been in contact with anyone. The CECC says all performances will have to be canceled if more positives are detected. The results of the tests are expected to come out on Thursday. Meanwhile, Taiwan has reported seven more imported COVID cases on Wednesday. All seven had presented a negative COVID test result upon entering Taiwan. So far this month, 32 of the 40 Indonesian migrant workers diagnosed COVID positive in Taiwan had entered with a proof of negative test result. As questions loom over the reliability of Indonesia's testing system, Taiwan has announced that its entry ban on Indonesian migrant workers will be extended indefinitely. All seven cases reported on Wednesday had entered Taiwan with proof of a negative COVID test. With so many people testing positive after arriving, officials are increasingly questioning the proof being furnished. In the U.S. and in Europe, there are issues with the timing and with the test reagents. In Indonesia, the rate of positives is really high. Of 132 cases, 76 had presented proof of a negative result. Whether you've got proof of a negative test or not, it doesn't seem to matter. Back in October, two out of 11 Indonesian migrant workers diagnosed with COVID had provided proof of a negative test upon entry. In November, the rate was 42 out of 81. So far in December, it's been 32 out of 40. As questions loom over the reliability of Indonesia's tests, the Taiwan government has offered the country technical assistance and reagents. So far, Indonesia has not accepted. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. They think they're doing very well. That's how it is. We think there's something off with the negative test reports. That's something we have less of a consensus over. With cases from Indonesia rising, the CECC has extended its two-week entry ban on Indonesian migrant workers. Health authorities say migrant caregivers will be included in the government's COVID vaccination program once it begins. With COVID vaccines rolling out in some parts of the world, new rumors have cropped up online. According to one post making the rounds, vaccines can improve one's own immune response, but it cannot prevent the vaccinated person from becoming a carrier of the disease who can spread it to others. On Wednesday, a health official said this was true only in a minority of cases. The vaccine doesn't offer protection in 100% of cases, so after getting the shot, there will be a minority of people who will be vulnerable to an infection and become a carrier. In that case, there is of course the chance that they will infect others. Health Minister Chen emphasized that the vaccine only lowers one's likelihood of getting infected. He said the CECC would monitor other countries closely as their vaccination programs unfold. Vaccines aren't a silver bullet, he said, stressing that following public health rules will still be vital in the future. As the world struggles on against COVID-19, Taiwan has continued to stand out with its remarkable record against the virus. With the pandemic under control domestically, the Taoyuan city government has been supporting other cities in their fight against COVID. 
As part of its city-to-city -city outreach, Taoyuan held a series of online dialogues with city leaders around the world to share its experience fighting COVID in an urban setting. Taoyuan's mayor holds up a sign that reads, Taoyuan can help in English and Chinese. In view of Taiwan's COVID success, the Taoyuan city government has been able to lend steady support to cities around the world. It's also hosted virtual conferences where global city leaders have exchanged ideas for beating the pandemic. During this period, we've arranged five online talks between global city leaders. They have focused on epidemic prevention in urban settings. We shared our experience, particularly with regard to Taiwan's targeted approach to epidemic prevention, approaches for combating community spread and border controls, all of which Taiwan has handled very well. We have a lot of experience worth sharing. With the virus brought to heel domestically, the Taoyuan city government has been able to pursue issues on a post-COVID agenda. It's held a series of talks with leaders of places like Japan's Chiba Prefecture, San Bernardino County in the United States, Brno in the Czech Republic, Gold Coast in Australia, and Guam in the United States. During the talks, titled COVID-19 Epidemic Prevention Talks Between Global City Leaders, Taoyuan officials share Taiwan's experience with COVID-19. Even in a pandemic, Taoyuan's urban diplomacy presses on. This has been a hard and unforgettable year. Nearly all international exchanges have ceased. But I feel when it comes to epidemic prevention in urban settings, there needs to be exchanges. There needs to be mutual encouragement. This year, we have donated personal protective equipment to many friendship cities and sister cities. We want to help fulfill Taiwan's international responsibilities to the best of our ability. By conducting diverse city-to-city -city exchanges, Taoyuan hopes to expand avenues of future cooperation to deepen bonds of friendship and help Taiwan be seen by the world. If you're a foreign resident in Taiwan, you may have found it impossible to use your ARC number on some online forms, even those on government websites. Well, that struggle will soon be a thing of the past. Starting January 2nd, 2021, the Ministry of the Interior will use a new ID numbering system for foreign residents. These ID numbers, which are displayed on ARCs and APRCs, will match the format of Taiwanese IDs, which consist of one letter followed by nine numbers. The update will roll out automatically to new residents, while those who already hold residency can apply for a new ID free of charge. At this workshop held by the National Immigration Agency, the kids are quizzed on Taiwan's ID system for foreign residents. Taiwan's government is very willing to hear out the opinions of AmCham. I'm very happy that you have solved this problem. This way, more people will feel at home in Taiwan. I know that this was not a small undertaking. It was a very big undertaking that took a great deal of time and manpower. At last, we have the result we were looking for. I am extremely grateful. The heads of the American and European Chambers of Commerce attended the event. They thank the Ministry of the Interior for updating the ID numbering system used for foreign nationals. Taiwan issues something called a uniform ID number to foreign residents. This number is printed on ARCs, APRCs and entry-exit permits for citizens of China, Hong Kong and Macau. Currently, this number consists of two letters followed by eight digits. Because this format differs from that of Taiwanese nationals, foreign residents encounter many problems when trying to do things like booking train tickets online. The Ministry of the Interior started working on a solution in 2018. 
After many discussions and system updates, it's ready at last to roll out a new numbering system on January 2nd, 2021. We hope that will make foreign residents in Taiwan feel more like they belong. We also hope this will make it easier for them to shop online, book tickets and so on, making life more convenient. Through the new format, the NIA hopes to make life and travel easier for foreigners in Taiwan. Food delivery workers are on the road for hours a day, dashing from restaurant to customer over and over. It's a job that puts them at high risk of traffic accidents, especially in busy urban streets. In recent months, food delivery platform Uber Eats has been taking steps to improve driver safety, notably by upgrading its app interface for couriers. Our reporter Stephanie Yang has the story. According to Taipei City Police Department, from last October to this October, delivery riders in Taipei were involved in more than 2,000 accidents. That's an average of six accidents per day. Every month, the Taipei City Department of Transportation publishes data on traffic accidents involving delivery drivers. According to its records, the city's couriers were involved in 2,107 accidents over the past year. So looking at the data now, the third quarter was an improvement compared to the second quarter. There were about 20 fewer accidents, 27 fewer accidents. This is really very good news because if we look at the first and second quarter, both saw an increase in accidents. This courier with a mask on snaps a selfie. Once AI software in the app confirms that the mask is on, the courier can start on his delivery. The app also asks couriers to declare whether or not they have a fever and if they have sanitized their vehicle and delivery bags. There's also the speed alert function that sends alerts to the courier. These are some of the new safety measures created by Uber Eats. The biggest help is that when you're riding a scooter, it's safer. You don't have to keep looking at your phone. If you're speeding, it will go beep 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 right in your earphones. The app safety features are part of a broader campaign within Uber Eats to improve driver welfare. Another part of the campaign is enhancing driver skills through training. Now, of course, online is not enough, so we also uh, partnered with our licensed logistics partners to hold offline courses in 14 cities, and we've held 30 courses so far, and these are real courses where they learn defensive writing, um, and they get to um, demonstrate and you know really experience the techniques and learn the techniques. Another part of the campaign is promoting a culture in which restaurants and customers don't put time pressure on delivery workers. Next year, we really hope to create a more healthy ecosystem um, for all three sides of the marketplace to encourage our um, eaters as well as our restaurants to um, empathize with our delivery partners and um, you know avoid like hurrying them uh, or giving them pressure because oftentimes it's it's kind of this pressure that causes delivery partners to want to you know quickly finish an order um, so that they can you know move on to the next order. Uber Eats Taiwan General Manager Chai Li says the company is not averse to banning couriers who rack up repeated severe traffic law violations. Currently the company is developing a mechanism for reviewing accident records that's set to be implemented starting next year. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Lu Botong in Taipei. As 2020 draws to a close, the Academia Sinica's Institute of Economics has released a confident summary of Taiwan's economy in this tumultuous year. 
On Wednesday, it raised its growth forecast from 1.15% to 2.71%, citing a better-than-expected economic recovery in the third quarter. Looking ahead to 2021, it sees the economy expanding by as much as 5%. The Institute of Economics at Academia Seneca has released an optimistic outlook on Taiwan's economy. In the third quarter, Taiwan shook off the effects of COVID to post 3.92% GDP growth. The institute sees overall growth in 2020 reaching 2.71%. Nearly all economies in the world contracted this year. Among the 20 or 30 main economies, Taiwan's economic growth will rank number two, if not not number one. As for next year, the institute sees the economy expanding by 4.24%. It says there's a 33% chance of GDP growth surpassing 5%. Risk factors for next year include continued uncertainties lingering over the pandemic, US-China tensions, and other geopolitical issues. Another concern for next year is the wealth gap, which could be exacerbated by the rise of the TIEX, the new Taiwan dollar, and housing prices. For the most part, gains in the stock market and the housing market can only be access by the middle and high income brackets. If you're shut out of the markets, then of course you can't benefit. So this would essentially widen the wealth gap. The exchange rate mainly affects imports and exports. If exports don't do well, that brings down traditional industries. The Institute sees the consumer price index falling 0.24% this year, but rising 1.33% next year as the pandemic wanes. As for the labor market, it forecasts an average unemployment rate of 3.86%, which it expects to fall to 3.73% next year. If you're looking for a spot to while away a leisurely winter afternoon, a trip to Wuling Farm could be just the ticket. It's one of Taiwan's most popular high mountain leisure farms and a haven of golden foliage at this time of year. The farm also offers visitors a wealth of natural products. After a long day out in the fresh air, everyone will go home well fed. We're here at Wuling Farm, but before we start the tour, let's sit down with Windy Duan for a little local snack. You shouldn't chew it too fast or gulp it down too quickly. The longer you savor it in your mouth, the more the flavor soaks out and expands. Windy is trying the farm's own chrysanthemum nougat, sweet and milky with delicious floral notes, not too sticky. This fresh and natural plum jam is perfect on a slice of bread, but food is not the only cultural delight on offer. Opposite the farm is the tea and culture house. It's overlooked by lots of visitors, but it has exhibits on how the farm was first started and the development of farming, as well as a story of how nature conservation came in and the farm transitioned to tourism. Uling enjoys a pleasant climate in December. Whether lounging on the rolling lawns or enjoying the woods of bald cypress trees, it's an autumnal wonderland. A picnic under the golden leaves is a great way to relax. And the best thing of all is that in a certain season for a limited time, it gives you this palette of golden hues. 
This soup is flavored with tea leaves for a sweet and fragrant meal. Meanwhile, these succulent pork ribs taste even richer with a lightly sweet and sour plum sauce. This is a sweet aftertaste that comes up almost as soon as you taste it. Because the chicken broth is sweet in itself, so together with the tea flavor, it tastes sweet even before you've drunk it down. As COVID-19 keeps national borders shut, there are no foreign holidays in sight for Taiwan's residents. But with all the unusual species growing at Uling Farm, you might be surprised that a little Shangri-La is sitting right on your doorstep. Two brothers who make nets in Jilong are the protagonists of the latest mini-documentary by the General Association of Chinese Culture. The video is the 24th episode of The Soul of the Craftsman. It follows the brothers as they go about their everyday work hooking together rope to make fishing nets. The net-making craft is on the brink of disappearing with only two businesses left in Jinping Fishing Harbor. You have to pay attention to several things to make a good net. If you reinforce certain small corners, it makes the net sturdier when it's cast, and the catch will be better. Wearing a raincoat and squatting on the floor, Zhuang Songxiong is busy with the netting needle. He's been making fishing nets like this for over 40 years. Business was booming back in the 70s. In typhoon days or in bad weather, boats came back and we didn't even have to pull the shutter down. Nets piled up at the two sides of the entrance and they even spilled across the road. Zhuang's brother joined the trade after fulfilling his military service. But by then, the heyday of the craft had already passed. Today, only two net makers are still plying their trade at Jilong's Zhenbing Fishing Harbor. In 2017, the General Association of Chinese Culture started a documentary series on Taiwan's traditional and innovative arts. The short videos feature local craftspeople who create things of beauty in unexpected places. The series showcases many rare traditional crafts on the brink of disappearing. If boats don't take to sea, then they don't cast nets. And if they don't cast nets, we've got to pack up and leave. He jokes about having to shut down, but he's doing all he can to prevent that from happening. The Netting Brothers are expanding their craft outside of the fishing industry, putting their handiwork to new uses, like turning them into sports gear. They hope that with a bit of creativity, their traditional craft can continue to appeal in the modern world. Northern Taiwan has been stuck in a long stretch of rainy, overcast days. It's been especially bleak in Ilan, which had a grand total of 1.3 hours of sunshine from December 1st to 15. And bad news if you live in the area. The rain isn't expected to lift any time this week. Let's hear from a meteorologist. The effect of the northeasterly winds will continue. In southern China, a system packing quite a lot of moisture is moving east. To the south, there are also some tropical disturbances, so we'll be seeing water vapor slowly come up. It's likely the rain will continue until Tuesday or Wednesday. Another meteorologist, Peng Qiming, expects the rain to continue all the way into early next year for northern Taiwan. Wet conditions are set to last especially long in windward areas in the north and northeast.